Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring them The championship run deep in our vein. The entertainment rolling real cause it's all in the game. To us, you know, around the city doing it better than this. Just say look at this. You can look around who better than this. Nobody. Who your team, the Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers, the Patriots, the Cowboys, Clippers, Tigers, the Chickens. USC, Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is, man. Triple left a new podcast. Just join the game plan. Come on, come on. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your host Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Jeff. What's poppin' and welcome back to the best new fantasy football podcast on the air. The Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host Zay. As always, I got my guys with me. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? And my guy, Bro Joe. Holla at the people, Bro Joe. What's going on, Fantasy Feed family? Yo, we have a great show in store for you today. News and notes, rapid fire 10, week 15 preview. It is full throttle time. It is playoff times. No matter what format you are in, we are going to make sure that you are good to go for the weekend. It's do or die time. It's time to make sure we put our money where our mouth is and get these wins for the Fantasy Football Fiend family. If you want to join us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Fiend family Facebook group, if you want to get any information out to us, Fantasy Football Fiend, F-E-I-N, at Gmail for promos and advertising. Now, let's do what we do. Hop right into this news and injury report so we can let you know exactly where the pivots need to be made. Let's go ahead and hop right into your news. And now your fantasy news. Boy, oh boy, we have some serious pivots that have to be made. This is not the time of year that you want to have to make such significant turns, but sometimes it's necessary. Kyler Murray is going on the IR. His season will be done. He has a knee injury of sorts, and that's going to bring about the elevation, if you will, of one Mr. Colt McCoy. Doesn't necessarily know if that elevator is going to rise even halfway as high as Kyler's could have. Definitely a horrible time for this to happen, especially for you guys that just needed a couple of points to make it into the playoffs. And I think he got to like the third play of the game. And I don't even know if he put up a fantasy point, but Kyler Murray, if you were able to survive it, it's Colt McCoy, the direction we're going to take. In many cases, we might not have very many other directions, but what's your advice to the Kyler Murray owners right now? I mean, for the guys in the one quarterback league, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of other guys to choose from that's available. That's you know, decent starters in the league. Two quarterback league guys, you may be in a little trouble. Of course, Colt McCoy would be the guy if he's available. Uh, let's look at some of these concussion guys as well. Maybe like a Trubisky could be a starter if Pickett doesn't play this week. Guys like that, you know what I'm saying, try to fill in wherever you can fill in that. So, I mean, this time of the year it gets pretty tight. So, you can't be picky at this, this time of the year, man. You just got to get what's available right. what's out there. Kenny Pickett limited in his first practice. He's coming off of that concussion, like you just mentioned. So Trubisky may be a name to monitor. Lamar Jackson still isn't practicing. Tyler Huntley may be another one of those guys. Um, He did practice in limited fashion. It looks like Huntley may be able to go. So he may be another pivot for you. Another one, Marcus Mariota placed on IR. Looks like uh, Desmond Ritter, the rookie Ritter, may now be a pivot for some people. Um that are having quarterback issues. Brock Purdy, 
he's questionable for Thursday night due to an oblique issue. Now, it's been stated that he did get in a limited practice on today. So that definitely kind of tells you that he's leaning towards being able to play. And this is probably more of a pain tolerance type of an issue than anything else. But do we think that Brock Purdy is going to end up going or is this going to be a Josh Johnson week for San Fran? No, Brock Purdy, he'll be in there. I don't think there's anything to really be concerned about. If you plan him, if he was, if you if he's on your team and you had plans on playing him, then play him. Russell Wilson's still not practicing after his big concussion scare on Sunday. I'm not sure if you guys saw the replay of this or if you saw it live, but he looked like he was out of it for, for a couple of seconds there, as in like knocked out. When he came back too, his eyes were all glossed over. He had a huge knot on the side of his head. Didn't look good at all. And with the focus that they have on the uh, concussion protocol this year, do we think that Wilson is going to be able to go or do we need to verify who his backup is and think about possibly uh, running him out there? I believe uh, Brett Rippon is the backup, if I'm not mistaken. I always view Wednesday practice as a sign if they can get something limited that they could possibly go. We'll see. But if he's not practicing by Friday, then that's that's the ultimate outlier that he's not starting, in my opinion. But it could go all the way into Saturday. So like you say, you got to keep the notifications going. Trevor Lawrence not practicing on Wednesday. He had that big toe injury that he said wasn't a big deal, but it's keeping him from being in practice. So we'll have to definitely keep an eye out on that. Justin Fields actually set out of practice with some sort of an illness. We've seen kind of this, you know, this illness moniker kind of going around a few different teams. Uh, each week seems like someone has at the beginning of the week, midweek, but they're still able to go on Sunday. Are we feeling like that's going to be the same prognosis for one Mr. Justin Fields, or is this anything to look any deeper at? I mean, I feel Justin Fields is going to play. You know, I guess he's a little under the weather, but other than that, I mean, from the reports I've been reading, they say he'll be available for Sunday's game. Moving right along to running backs, we do have an update for Mr. Christian McCaffrey. Um, He actually no longer has an injury designation for Thursday's game. So it looks like the CMC owners should expect his full complement of carries. Kenneth Walker III, who could have huge playoff implications, he was removed from the injury report as well. We'll talk about how we feel about how he's going to fare against the vaunted 49ers defense a little bit later on in the show but he has gotten in a full practice so unless something crazy happens he should be good to go damian harris was spotted at practice so the patriots backfield may have just gotten a little bit more confusing i don't know if damian harris is actually going to take it all the way over because he was the number two guy or we saw quite a bit of kevin harris and uh, pj strong when stevenson went down a little bit last week so i don't know if it's back to being a full committee with all three of the guys and there's still a chance that stevenson may be able to go but he wasn't spotted at practice on wednesday but He's still dealing with that ankle injury. When the initial injury was sustained, he got taped up, probably got you know shot in it or something, came back out there, and then a little bit later, he, he went back off. We don't exactly know the full extent of the injury of Stevenson, but if Stevenson is out, do we go back to avoiding New England running backs, or should Harris be the guy? Uh, I like Harris. If, if Ramondre is out, I know we've seen Strong appear. We've seen Harris or the other Harris, but um, – I think, you know, he has earned the right, Damien has, to be kind of like the more the early down guy, kind of lead dog. I don't think it would be like a three-man committee if that's what you're kind of asking. So if you are a Ramondre owner, more than likely you may have Damien Harris as a handcuff 
I vote you know, against the Raiders. If Stevenson is out, I'll be comfortable playing a Damien as I would uh, high running back to numbers. Najee Harris missed practice on Wednesday. He's dealing with a hip injury. He's also trying to manage an oblique issue. This just hasn't been, you know, one of those years for Harris. He's been trying to get it out and everything, but I don't know that unless I have no other options that I'm going to want to depend on Harris per se this week, but we'll see how that part works out. Brian Robinson limited with a quad injury. He had a quad injury a couple weeks ago. Not sure if this is a new injury or a flare-up, but the Washington running back Brian Robinson is still dealing with the quad. Antonio Gibson dealing with a foot issue. And that's significant because the RB3 there, McKissick, is on IR for the rest of the year because he had that neck injury. So the commanders are kind of nicked up in that running back spot. And they actually have an opportunity at this point to uh, make the playoffs, depending on how the rest of the season ends up. So they have a very significant game this week against a division foe. We'll get into that just a little bit later. DJ Dallas, he set out another practice. It looks like Homer in Seattle is going to be the backup to Walker. If you are looking for a handcuff or if you're looking for a just-in-case type of a stash, this is the time of year where those just-in-case stashes become that much more important and depth isn't quite as important. You kind of you know don't want to have the head the head banging decisions, if you will versus just saying, hey, you know, I have my quarterback, I have my backup for that quarterback, should anything happen, et cetera, et cetera, down the line for each individual position. Damian Pierce, he's expected to miss Sunday's matchup, and he has an ankle injury. It's kind of up in the air as far as how long of a a time that he may actually end up being away. But this is, I'm sure, significant to many as Damian Pierce is one of those guys that people kind of picked up early on in the year and was kind of riding that train on in. But have you heard anything about this, Joe, or have you seen any updates as far as Damian Pierce was concerned? Yeah, from everything that I've read, it just it seems like it's like very likely that he'll miss this week. I think, honestly, Burkhead is going to get a fair look. This team has nothing to play for. He's a viable piece to their team going forward. If he can log any type of practice between now and Friday, we'll see. But unlike a concussion, if he hasn't played by Friday, he's not uh, playing uh, this coming Sunday. Jeff Wilson Jr. was a non-participant in practice. He's dealing with a hip injury from this Sunday's game. Aaron Jones is back at practice to prepare himself for week 15. It looks like he's going to be good to go. You know, Benjamin ended up in New Orleans. He's kind of playing, you know, this uh, ring around the roses, uh, merry-go-round type situation right now where he's just kind of going team to team, kind of seeing where he's going to end up landing. But the Texans waived Benjamin on Tuesday, and he ended up with the New Orleans Saints with Mark Ingram being out. And I don't know if Kamara is dealing with injury or if this offense just isn't quite working out well for him with some of the nuances and changes this year. But do we think that Eno Benjamin may have any kind of a role at all? Or is this pretty much give the ball to Kamara and unless he's tired or injured, Eno's not going to get very much run at all? As far as in the redraft, I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't think he's going to have much of a role. But this can very well be some gold in a dynasty league. Let's not let's let us not forget that uh, Kamara will be suspended next year, start of the season, more than likely. And like you said, Ingram, he probably won't return next year, you know, due to age and lack of production. There's not really another running back in the room. And Eno you know, being a young guy, uh, being talented, he can very well step into a starting role for 
maybe the first quarter of the year next year. So if you're in a dynasty league, this could very well be a, a pretty good pickup. Moving on to wide receiver, Traylon Burks, not at practice, still dealing with the concussion protocol. This is coming up on his second week. For most cases, we've seen that the concussion protocols uh, have kind of waned a little bit after that first week. Worst case scenario, many guys were able to get back um, within that first week. Do we have any hopes that Traylon will be back for the uh, playoff run? And if he does come back this week, do you think he comes back to his full complement or they'll kind of try to ease him in? Um, it wasn't like a soft tissue injury or anything like that. It was a head injury. So if the doctor says he can go, is he a full go? I wouldn't look at him as a full go. Um, what I do like this is like, you know, he is someone that's been troubled by injuries. But to your point, he has a, a toughness about him. Like you said, it's a it's a head injury nonetheless. Just how this offense is operated, you know what I mean? They don't really need a wide receiver to win, but as dynamic as he is to that offense, if he if he plays, you got to start him, I think, at this point, unless you have like a pivot that will kind of cover uh, the matchups. I don't think if he does come back, um, I think he actually have a full complement. If you look over time in history, concussions don't usually – when, when players come back from concussions, it's not usually a um, production drop-off at all. Like, not at all. Like, you see guys coming from certain injuries, yeah, but concussion is not one of them. So I think if he does play, I mean, you should play with confidence. Got a couple of receivers in New England that weren't spotted at practice. Both Devontae Parker and Jacoby Myers were not seen at practice on Wednesday. That's pretty significant because there aren't very many other wide receivers that uh, New England has been able to deploy this year. Obviously, Bourne is still there. You still have Aguilar there, but not very many wide receivers. I thought, indeed, the rookie's still there as well. Chase Claypool missed practice on Wednesday with a knee injury. So we have to monitor that. Doesn't really give an indication as to his likelihood of playing or missing this week. But that's going to be a big game there in Chicago. So make sure you monitor that situation. Nicole Hartman is practicing. So Kansas City may have one of their guys back. You know, he was out for a while with that abdomen injury, but they are trying to ramp him up for week 15. DJ Moore, no limitations in practice at all. Full participant in practice on Wednesday, recovering from that ankle injury. More injuries in Denver. Uh, Kendall Hinton still not at practice dealing with the hamstring injury. On a good note, Hunter Renfro is designated to return from IR. So not to say that he is guaranteed to go for this week, but he is within that practice window. So we'll kind of have to see what the Raiders are able to do with that as well. Cortland Sutton missing another practice due to the hamstring injury. Also, if you pivoted to Richie James, the Giants receiver, he had a concussion this week and he was not seen at Wednesday's practice. We have Robert Woods dealing with an illness. Tyler Board was limited at practice. He injured his finger Sunday. And T. Higgins is limited at practice uh, due to a hamstring issue that he is trying to nurse as well. We're going to finish it up with your tight ends. The biggest news coming out of tight end this week is that Darren Waller was actually also designated to return. So the Raiders are getting a couple of you know, key cogs in that offense back at the end of the year, just in time for them to attempt to make a run. Pat Fryer move. He expects to play through his foot injury. Hayden Hurst already indicated that he's doubtful and not likely to play this Sunday. Jawan Johnson, he practiced on Wednesday, so he is looking good for the week. 
another big name um, that may cause some playoff ruckus, Dallas Goddard is going to attempt to play this week, but next week is more likely when he's going to get his full complement. But as of right now, it's looking like he's on track. He is practicing without the shoulder harness. Um, you know, he had that shoulder injury that kept him out for a good little bit there. As far as Dallas Goddard and Darren Waller are concerned, are we going to be willing to kind of put our playoff lives on the line as far as these guys are concerned based on the landscape of the tight end? Or are you going to go pick up the Bellingers and the Dochits of the world and whoever else may be out there that you can kind of just slide in? Or, or are you going to have a little bit of confidence in these guys? Personally, um, I'd rather have Dolchich, guys like that at this point. Uh, I'm probably, of course, I mean, matchups, they matter. You know, it's not like Waller was knocking it out the box when he was playing early in the season. And now that he's back for a long layoff, the way that the Raiders are going, you know, I wouldn't be all pumped up. Now, if you have, you know, if you're down in the dumps and, you you know, like the, the guy who said Bellinger, the guy from uh, the New York the Giants. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, I wouldn't play him over Waller. <laughs> but guys like uh, Dolchich and maybe like an Ingram, guys like that, they can. What about well. like a Noah Fant or a? Maybe not a Fant, but maybe like a Cole Komet. You know, okay. there's going to be certain guys because he has more of a chemistry with his quarterback. You see what I'm saying? Well, he's probably more like the the number one or number two option in Chicago versus if Waller comes back, or is he going to be at in the totem pole? And especially with them, run, you know, running the ball, things like that. If you look at Philadelphia. Where is Goddard going to be? He still got you know AJ. It hurts running the ball. You got Devonta. There's so many other options. So I'm going to go where the production is going to carry me. You know, so I think guys like Dolchich commit. I rather play those guys in front of like the Goddards and the Wallers at this point in the season. And that pretty much wraps up your news. Let's go ahead and get into Rapid Fire 10. And now Rapid Fire 10. 10 quick questions, 10 quick answers. All right, man, we got rapid fire 10, rapid fire 10. We got 10 quick questions. We need 10 quick answers. Who do I start? Let's get into it. Right off the bat, man, we got Isaiah Pacheco or Jarek McKinnon. Jerry Pacheco. You would think that that would be an easy Pacheco, but, I mean, McKinnon's been getting it in. I guess I'll lean Pacheco with the touchdown upside, but – PPR, I think McKinnon is actually the safer play. All right. We got Zonovan Knight or Travis Etienne. I don't even want to get that. Believe it or not, the Lions, the last few games have been holding running backs to uh, little to few yards, man. I, I found that pretty interesting when I was uh, looking at that game. I think one of the reasons that the Lions have been holding people on, on the running game isn't because their run defense is good. It's because their pass defense is so weak and they put up so many points that you have to get away from the run. With that being said, I still think I would go with Zonovan over playing ETN against the Dallas defense. All right. We got AJ Dillon or Jamal Williams. Give me Jamal Williams. He's a he's a, a touchdown waiting to happen. Same. I'll go with Jamal. Brock Purdy or Tom Brady? <laughs> wow. Ain't that sad where we at? I mean, but but you know what, but though? We'll, be getting, we'll mean, be getting these kind of things every week now. Yeah. I'm I'm waiting on the Russell Wilson question to pop up because somebody's been perplexed with him every week. But that, that decision may have been made for you this week. I'm going to still um, go with Tom Brady. One more game. I'm going to try one more game. I think I'm going to do the unthinkable and pick Purdy over Brady. Mm, I know that hurt. We it got uh, it really did. <laughs> we got Deshaun Watson or Tyler Huntley. 
I actually like Deshaun this week. I think he's going to have, you know, just a little bit more time to, to work on the timing and everything with his wide receivers, with his offensive group. And the offensive coordinators been speaking out this week saying, you know, with, with a little bit more practice under his belt, the deep ball is looking, you know, about the way it should now. So that should kind of come on a little bit more this coming week. They've kind of been shielding him from that and just getting in a little quick passes as of late. So I think Watson is going to be close to himself, not quite himself yet, but pretty close. Yeah, I go with Watson as well. We got Christian Watson or T. Higgins. Give me Christian Watson because I know he's healthy for sure. For sure. I think Watson has the touchdown upside and the health upside. So, yeah, I agree with Joe. We got Donovan People-Jones or Darius Slayton. Oh, give me a deep play, man. I'm so mad I traded him. So <laughs> you can have him. He's available. <laughs> yeah, give me him. Yeah, go go ahead and give me uh, Donovan People-Jones on this one. All right. And we got another wide receiver question here. We got Van Jefferson or Drake London. Let me just say I don't I don't see lightning in a bottle again for Baker Mayfield this week or any other week this year. So unless the NFL is going to give him a spot touchdown at the end of the game for the Kumbaya story again, I doubt he has the same results this week as he did last week. Yeah, I'm gonna go definitely with Drake on that one too. All right, we got Chig Okowanoko or whatever you know the the, the boy from Tennessee Chig Chig Okay. Let's call him Chig, okay? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Chig, okay? Or we got Docs and Knox? I'm a Chig, actually. You you going the same thing, Joe? Yeah, I'm going the same. And last but not least, what is this? This is a flex question. They got Christian Kirk or they got Rashad White? Damn, that's, that's a good too, man. Um, I think I'm going to have to split it up based on league type. Um, standard, give me the running back. PPR, give me the wide receiver. I like how you said that. I, I agree for the same reasons, too. So that concludes our Rapid Fire 10. Rapid Fire 10. All right, let's hop into these week one, or in some cases week two, if your commissioner forgot to change the settings based on there being an extra game. But we'll talk about that in the offseason. Uh, but we have your playoff week one games. First up, San Fran against Seattle on Thursday, 43 and a half point over under. Seattle's getting three and a half points. What say you, Mr. Vander? This is a good one. In this game, uh, <laughs> I got to go with Christian McCaffrey. He's probably going to be my, my DFS play in this game. He probably going to be a single game slate tomorrow, like on FanDuel to do a single game on Thursday. He'll probably be my MVP. I love the matchup he has here against Seattle going against this uh, this run defense. They're actually pretty decent in the secondary, but Ayuk is another guy that maybe see a little uptick on, on targets being that Debo Samuel is up. I also like the kids on the other side. Um, I don't know about DK, but Tyler Lockett seems to usually have a pretty decent game against the Niners playing against that second side. So uh, on that side, I think I like him. But I'm not sure if they'll get much going. I don't like the run game at all. And I don't like Gino to really have a really good game. He may throw one touchdown. And if they, I'm not sure what the, the prop bet is, but he probably throw less than 220 yards or some of that. Pretty probably low. I don't think the offense is going to get really going going that much. So are you saying that if you have Walker, you should pivot away from him this week? Oh, a- absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Please don't don't listen, listeners. Don't play that. Don't run that boy out there. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you that my grandma used to tell them dogs that them little straight dogs that come in the yard. Get, get, get. 
like you know what I'm saying? Get out of here! Like don't 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 run him out there. Don't do it to yourself. You know, not only because it comes from injury, but he's playing against the best run D in the league, and this this ain't it. Especially if your playoff is on the line, your playoff, your championship dreams. Don't do it to yourself. Indy's going to be going up against Minnesota. This is a 48 and a half point over under, and Indy is getting four points. What you liking this one, Joe? Who you starting? Who you sitting? And what's your DFS play? I'm really not liking much from Indianapolis, except for Jonathan Taylor. I think Jonathan Taylor is really getting more and more comfortable and, and healthy, dealing with a lot of ailments this uh, year in the season. So I like him more as far as Indianapolis. Um, on the other side, of obviously, I think you should like everybody, Dalvin Cook, Cousins and obviously Justin Jefferson and just like the play Vander had last week you gotta go back to Hawkinson Hawkinson is just I think he's his second favorite target at this point move over Adam Thielen but as far as the DFS play gosh because really it's really nothing but the bone on there I might go Paris Campbell just to get a little bit different and contrarian because I think Vikings going to jump out early to a lead, and this is going to be a passing game relatively quickly. Baltimore going up against Cleveland. This is a 37-point over-under and a very familiar divisional matchup between these two teams. The spread is only three points, and Baltimore is getting that three. I kind of believe that this game is going to be one of those knockdown drag out games. I think it can actually go under the 37. I don't feel comfortable starting anyone on the Baltimore side other than maybe Dobbins. I don't know if their pass game is going to be prevalent against the Cleveland defense. As far as the Cleveland side of the ball, this is one of the perfect teams to allow Deshaun to attempt to air it out against. So we'll have to see whether or not they are true to their statements that Watson is going to be, you know, throwing the ball a little bit more downfield based on the fact that he's more comfortable now. That's where I'm at as far as that matchup is concerned. Vander, you got Miami versus Buffalo. That's a 42 point over under seven and a half points going to Miami as prolific as their offensive has been. I don't know about seven and a half. That's a pretty hard cover, um, especially for a divisional matchup. Who you starting? Who you sitting? And what's your DFS play in this one? In this game here, I would say um, I'm going to sit uh, uh, Devin Singletary. A, a low-key, sneaky start of a guy like in this game will probably be someone uh, like Isaiah McKenzie. I think he can do well this game. I'm also sitting uh, Mostert uh, for the Dolphins. And, of course, you just start you know the studs per usual. This Bills secondary isn't high profile as it once was. So I think guys like Waddle and Hill would uh, have some success against this team. The first time these teams played, was it like bad weather or was it it was fine, right? Was it good weather? I want to say the first time they played was, it was in Miami, the beginning though. of the season. In Miami, right. So it wasn't bad weather. It was the humidity at the beginning okay. of the season in the summertime in Miami. Yeah. Okay. I think this was just that game. I think everybody's talking about the sun shining on them boys. Like Correct. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I um, want to say Diggs went out with cramps or something like that. And, like, it was a bunch of people throwing up on the side. I mean, it was, it was, it was bad. Yeah, I like Isaiah McKenzie, though, in this game. It's a, it's a sneaky play. Bro Joe, we got Pitt going up against Carolina, 37 and a half point over under. Pitt is getting the points. And if Carolina is to win this game, they are going to be running neck and neck in that division. Um, they still have a at five and eight, a great chance to win the division. Do we think that they continue to get better or do they kind of go back to being good old Carolina? What, what you like, what you don't like, what we're doing in this game? Man, it's, it's not a lot to really like here. 
I think the most exciting news is knowing that DJ Moore is back, and that kind of favors him having um, currently, what is that, Sam Donald, Donald is Darnold, whatever, is quarterback. I think that rapport and that kind of relationship kind of helps him, but they're going against a really stout defense nonetheless. But he is someone that I like on that side of the field. Going to the Steelers, this is a tough matchup. This is a really stout defense, one that, that is really going to be a, a tough matchup, uh, even if Pickett is able to go. Uh, I love the value from Deontay Johnson, and I think Pickens, if he's able to go this week, is a look. But I want those wide receivers is one of the people. If you if you got them, you kind of start them. But as far as the DFS play, geez, I mean, if Fryer, this too many ifs. I just said if almost four times. If Fryer is able to go, I think he is the difference maker. He is somebody uh, who that they'll look to heavily in the red zone and could possibly get a touchdown, even against uh, that secondary in Carolina. Philly going up against Chicago. This one is a 48 and a half point over under, and Chicago's getting nine points. Do you think that Philly's going to beat up on Chicago the way Vegas is indicating? Or is this going to be one of those games where the underdog is being disrespected? Who you like? Who don't you like? And what's the DFS play, Vanny? Start Miles Sanders. He's got to like the guy I don't like to be David Montgomery on the other side. So you start Miles Sanders. You sit David Montgomery. So those would be like my start sits and also DFS plays. I like Miles Sanders is my DFS play and my start. And, and Montgomery is just my sit. I like commit in this game as well as, um, I mean, feels. Yo, this is a funny one. This is going to be one of the ones. Who, who, who is it? You know, as far as the, the running quarterbacks, these are the guys now. You know, so these are like two of the biggest. Let's you see think how it's this... going to be a tip for tat kind of deal? Yeah, like, like, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I won up. I won up to win you. Okay, I won you up. So not going to be many. I think this of... game is going to win some people some playoff games. For sure. Not a lot way, of passing Or, or lose some on. games. So. Yeah. It may not be a whole lot of passing going on, but, you know, from guys like a Fields. But we already seen the chemistry he has with Commit. Uh, Claypool hasn't grasped the offense yet. Mooney's out. Hurt. You know what I mean? Mooney's out. So it's just like he's the guy. Commit. So You got Kansas City going up against Houston. This is a 49.5 point over under. And Houston is getting 14 points in this one, Joe. Do we think they're going to be able to stand up like they did against Dallas last week and actually make it a game? Or is this going to be a good old butt-kicking contest with Kansas City doing all the butt-kicking? You know what? I think it's honestly going to be fairly competitive in the first half, but it's going to be an implosion. It's going to be 28, 35 points after halftime. But in that time, what I'm really liking out of this game, obviously, is going to be all the weapons on Kansas City. I think you can fire them up. You know, Juju, Kelsey, uh, Pacheco. Uh, to your point earlier, Jerick McKinnon. One thing that I really did like on Houston side of the ball was Chris Moore. I think he's a great play, pickup play if you need somebody in the flex. Yes, yes. Uh, definitely a DFS play. That's what my mind is. What I liked about him, he had 11 targets, 10 receptions. And even that one, that one pass he didn't catch, that was just a good play on the ball by the DB. I love the ramp up and usage, and I don't expect – it's one or the other. I don't expect both Cooks and Collins to play. I think it's one or the other. I mean, he's going to be a benefactor in the game that's going to get away and and require them to, to kind of pass the ball a lot early in the game. Dallas against Jacksonville. This is a 47.5 point over under. Four-point spread with Jacksonville getting the points. I can kind of see this being a get-right game for Dallas – in Jacksonville kind of looking like they look like in past weeks versus how they look this past week. I think if they try to throw the ball the way they did this past week, Dallas is going Dallas's defense is going to end up putting up the points the way they have in weeks past and people that are using them in the playoffs are going to get a little treat there with that Dallas defense. What you like, what you don't like, Vander? Hmm, man, this is this is kind of this is a tricky one. I don't like 
I really don't like ET in this game, to be honest with you. I don't like Ezekiel Elliott in this game. And, and, and when I say like guys, I'm not saying don't play him, don't start him, but kind of temper your expectations. On the offensive side, I like for the Cowboys, I like uh, CeeDee Lamb. I think he's a DFS play and also a good start. Yeah, I can see that this, too. Uh, this Jacksonville defense is pretty pedestrian. As far How you as about Schultz? I like Schultz as well. I was like, that was like the past game altogether versus the Jaguars. So that means Dak Prescott would be also a guy that, uh, that's in there in that room. Like I said, Zeke Elliott, kind of temper. I think he's should temper expectations. Pollard been playing well though. So of course yeah, you keep has. playing him. Of course you keep playing him. But my start would probably be Lamb. My sit would be ETN in this game. And that DFS play would probably be Dak or Lamb. And I'm also kind of afraid of uh, Trevor Lawrence this game to be honest with you. And I own him in a league. I'm just like, I know he's been hot lately, playing pretty decent, but uh, the Cowboys is coming like the second best pass team in the league, so it's rough. My thoughts exactly, y'all. It's going to be a, a different kind of game. NFL-wise, Trevor Lawrence may be okay. Fantasy-wise, I, I don't know. Atlanta's going to be going up against New Orleans. This is a 43-point over-under with Atlanta getting four points. Who you got in this one? Man, I don't like this matchup. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. It scares me for real. But really, it's just like, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's Slim Pickens in this one. I like Olave, obviously. On the other side, I think, honestly, too, with Ritter, you're getting more of a passer. Don't get it twisted. I think he was very comparable to Mariota as far as speed and runnability. But he's more decisive as being a passer. So I think that works well for uh, the receiving options uh, there in Atlanta. So I like Drake London. I like uh, Zach. I don't, I'm not going to go butcher the rest of his name. The little short guy. And maybe Cordell Patterson. I know, I know it sounds weird going against uh, New Orleans. And the New Orleans finally got healthy and they finally shut some people down. But I think Cordell's going to do it whether it's a kick return or whether something. He's going to find a way to, to break the play. Detroit up against the Jets. This is a 44.5 point over under. Only a one point spread. That one point going to Detroit. I'm kind of feeling the offense on both sides of this one. And I can see Mike White putting up some good numbers. Jared Goff putting up some good numbers. Love St. Brown. I don't believe Sauce travels, cornerback for the Jets. I, I don't think he goes across the slot very often, so St. Brown should still be good to go as far as that's concerned. Zonovan Knight has seemed to kind of take over as far as the running back spot is concerned, so I would be leery about starting Michael Carter if I had him. But on the opposite side with Detroit, I wouldn't actually mind starting Swift or Williams um, if I had to start either one of those guys. You got Arizona going up against Denver. That's only a 36 and a half point over under. Arizona's getting three points in this one. Who you like? Who don't you like? Man, who playing? Arizona going up against Denver. Yeah, that's what I thought you said. Man, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, you got a lot of replacement players. Ooh, wee. Hmm. I like the Broncos' defense. It's a good DFS okay. play. They're only 3,700 on FanDuel. It really depends on if Russ plays his game. I like Jerry Judy. You know, we seen him finally bust out last week. Um, also going against another friendly team as in the Cardinals who gives up a good bit to the wide receiver. I think I like him as well. The Arizona side, sit DeAndre Hopkins. And I don't mean sit, but you know what he means as far as this, the expectations. Not only he's playing with a backup quarterback, but he's going against my boy, Sertan, number two. Right. Um, who's been playing, you know, lights out this year. Probably like a top. Top three corner in the league this year as far as how he's playing. How far down would you go to replace him if you were sitting him? Like, would you start a Gabe Davis over him? Would you start no. a... Not Gabe Watch Davis, but I may be comfortable playing a, a Garrett Wilson, though. Okay. What about Burks? Traylon Burks goes Tennessee. No, you just can't. You got to you gotta roll with it. 
got to be a high wide receiver too to basically even yeah. think about it. I mean, I don't think you should go no lower than a Garrett Wilson. I think that should be like your okay. yeah, your, your floor when it comes to you know a replacement that may be on your your bench. But um, how are you feeling about James Conner this week? I mean, he he's so touchdown dependent. But I mean, the, the Broncos. <laughs> They don't give up a lot to the pass. If they're going to give up something, it will be on the ground. He went up against a really good run defense this past weekend at the Patriots. He was able to fall in the end zone, uh, had over 100 yards in total offense. So I think those numbers can be duplicated. It's really going to matter on how, you know, game script, how the game flows. But he's he's not a guy I would, you know, just sit. So I'm, I think I would, I would start James Conner because he should get a lot more touches being that, you know, it is the backup quarterback and he is the goal line guy on their team. So. I'm comfortable with playing him. Bro Joe, New England's going up against Vegas. This is a 44 and a half point over under, only a one point spread. The disciple is coming back to go up against the GOAT, Bill Belichick. How do you think this one is going to turn out? Who you like? Who don't you like? Who you running away from? Who you running to? It's going to be a, a tough matchup in the sense that I really do like New England's defense. And I think even with the possible additions of Renfro and Waller, I think if it's one team that can really focus on, on Devontae Adams, it would be New England, who's just really good against receivers. As much as I love him, that's my guy. Uh, that's somebody I, I probably would. I mean, you have to start him because this is playoff time. We got to roll with him. But as far as like something um, – you know, as far as like DFS, I'm going to stay away from Adams. What I do want to know is what's going on with Josh Jacobs. It's more likely he's going to play. He did come up on the injury report. He's been playing through everything. So if he plays, I mean, if he's healthy, we're going to start him. We're going to run with uh, Josh uh, Jacobs. On the other side of the ball, to what you guys mentioned earlier, Damian Harris is going to be a great play. It's not a carousel with New England, you know, in my personal opinion. When somebody's the guy, you know, usually they get a considerable amount of the touches. And I think in this case, Damien's healthy. I think he's going to be a benefactor if Stevenson's unable to go. As far as receivers on that team, I just want to stay away from the receivers. I know we got Aguilar, Bourne. Thornton and even that Wilkerson's kid. And that's that's the whole point. You know, you know, Myers was like the glue to all of this. He was the catalyst to these other guys getting open. And now without him, it's just a bunch of guys to me on paper. But I do like Hunter Henry and John o. Smith. That'd be my DFS play is Hunter Henry. Tennessee Titans are going to be going up against the Los Angeles Chargers. This is a 47 and a half point over under. And Tennessee is getting three points. The thing that I'm looking at in this one is it's kind of it's going to kind of be, you know, strength versus weakness, if you will, because the Chargers weakness right now is the run and all Tennessee seems to be able to do is run. The adverse is also true. Tennessee secondary is horrible in Los Angeles Chargers. Even though they have a good running back, most of their damage, even with said running back, is through the pass game. So this is going to be kind of like that perfect puzzle piece of where I'm weak, you're strong, and we're going to see how this game turns out. Both teams seven and six. What you got on this one? Well, you know who the DFS player is. Absolutely. It's Yeti the king, B. Definitely, Henry. And like you said, man, this it's, it's the opposite, right? The Chargers can't stop the run, and Tennessee can't stop the pass. But this kind of affects a guy like a Derrick Henry, right? Because being that they can't stop the pass, and you're going against a, a high-powered passing team, they can get you off the field. You get down, you're down 14, you're down 17. It takes Henry off the field, so he's not able to get those, to get those carries. So that's the one thing that's been kind of hurting Henry this year, is that his offense is they can't get off the field on third down. 
other teams are scoring touchdowns and they're eliminating the game. So they got to really slow the game down playing against a team like the Chargers. You want to make it a really slow game. But as far as DFS plays, man, there's a lot of them in this game. The ones I like the most would be um, the pairing, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I love Mike Williams this game. Probably my favorite play out of this game besides Henry. Play Herbert. And I think you should pair him with, with Mike Williams, if not him and Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's coming off two games back-to-back with 14 targets. So the, the, the volume is definitely there. We just seen what Tennessee gave up to. Um, who was that just went off on them boys? Damn near every wide receiver court in the plate. This well, year, they just played. Much. They just played Trevor Lawrence. You see what oh I'm yeah, saying? Facts, so yeah. he was able to do his thing. So I don't see no difference in in, in this game right here. So, th- but this is my I'm, uh, this is a tricky one, right? Because I want to sit. I'm an Austin Eckler owner, and this is a guy you should sit. Temporary expectations because Tennessee is coming in second in the league against the run, and they've been they've been having it this year. They haven't been having it. They swallowed ETN last week. Pause. Um, <laughs> you know, he only he had 17 carries for 32 yards. We seen Aaron Jones went down there. He got the work. Like a lot of good running backs are going to Tennessee, and they're like completely taking them out the game. So I'm kind of like sitting with a. You know, in our league that we, you know, we're going through, kind of sitting here with like, man, who should I play? Because I have Eckler, but I also have ETN, mm. right? Who has a decent matchup against Dallas, but also got Pacheco, who's playing against the mm. worst run team in the league. I'm going Pacheco over both of them. <laughs> that That's how I had it. But at the same time, you never know how this thing plays out. Yeah, Eckler, he catches the ball, though. And if you've been paying attention, that guy Kelly's been getting a lot of snaps. He has. He's been getting a lot of a lot of work. So it's just like, man, what do you do? But um, he'll be the guy that I'll sit Eckler in this game. Cincinnati going up against Tampa Bay. This is a 44-point over-under. Tampa Bay's getting three and a half points. I kind of think we are going to start seeing the funeral processions of one Mr. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. I know you never bet against Brady, but at some point in time, you know, hey. Father Time is undefeated. Cincinnati is a tough team. They have a much better offense, and their defense is actually better than average. People don't really get that. Tampa Bay is kind of snake bitten between injuries and things. Just don't. It, it's just it doesn't have that no biscuit, no risk it, no biscuit feel that it had when Bruce Arians was running things. And I don't see Tampa Bay being that much of a threat to Cincinnati. That's kind of where I'm at on that one. I do like Joe Burrow, and even though Tampa Bay has a good secondary, I. Do do like Chase. Um, I still like you know Joe Mixon. You know all those guys. I think on the Tampa side, the only person that I'm a trust is probably Godwin, and that's going to be due to volume because they're probably going to be throwing the ball quite a bit throughout the game. What do you like on this one, Joe? Yeah, like you say, you don't want to bet against Brady, but man, Father Tom, man. In this matchup, I think it honestly stays relatively close because we're looking at you know these. P- pending injuries with T. Higgins and definitely Boyd. Boyd is set to miss a week or two with that dislocated finger. Uh, Higgins is likely uh, going to be a game time decision. With that in mind, I think honestly, it's going to be a four net Rashad White kind of game, both on the ground and both of them doing very well as receivers. I, I love those guys. If you got them, you have to start them in this type of matchup. Wide receiver, to your point, I would only trust Goodwin, but it's just kind of weird because what I what I mean by that is we're looking at last game, both of Tom Brady's interceptions was going when he was targeting Evans down the field. Uh, that's just some, uh, something that's been really weird. Their chemistry has been really odd trying to like watch on TV, them not having that chemistry. I'm not going to predict a, a bounce back because it's the playoffs. We can't do that. I'll take my chance to sit in Evans. But just to point out as far as the other side of the field, I think Chase is going to definitely play. But like you said, to that point, you got to fire up Mixon. I like Trenton Irwin, the wide receiver. 
I went ahead and scooped him up ASAP because I don't know how this Sunday going to plan out as far as injuries. This is a guy who's definitely – I'm actually putting him as a DFS play because he's, what, 3,600 on DraftKings, 5,200 on FanDuel. What you, li- what you like about him is, is he's been performing in, those, in that microscope. It's not those astronomical numbers, but the games that players miss towards injury, he scored a touchdown in both. And in this past game, he had 84% of the snaps, two targets, two receptions, 58 yards, and a touchdown. And again, if T. Higgins and Boyd aren't able to go, who else are they throwing it to with all these injuries, especially with Hayden Hurst already saying that he's out? The Giants are going to be going up against the Commanders. This is a 40 and a half point over under. The Giants are getting four and a half. For me, this one is pretty simple. On offense, I don't really like anybody. This is a divisional matchup that could easily go under. Saquon, I don't like this week because he's he's going up against a very formidable defensive line. Gibson and Robinson, I don't know which one is going to do what. If you get it right, you'll probably be happy. But it's a 50-50 of which one it's going to be. I do like Scary Terry probably the most of anybody in this game. What do you see this one looking like, Vander? Let's see here. I'm a fan of Scary. I would say I'm a fan of Scary Terry in this game. Uh, the Giants, early in this season, they've been pretty, pretty good at stopping the pass but as the season went on it kind of like kind of getting you know lower I want to monitor this injury thing when it comes to the backfield of Washington as far as Robinson and Gibson. Both are nicked up. Robinson with the quad and Gibson with an ankle, I believe. From from the reports I've been reading, it seems like he will play uh, as far as Robinson. I think he will be a guy that will be in there. Um, so I'm not really concerned about him, but Gibson, let's see. This will kind of give you an idea like who you would play as far as, you know, because if Gibson is out, then you may really love Robinson and vice versa. can't remember the last time these guys played if Barkley did anything. But Washington coming in, you know, they, they want a better defense in the league. So I'm going to tell my expectations of most of the Giants right now. Definitely sitting their secondary. I'm, I'm sitting Saquon, to be honest with you. I think if you're in the playoff, and of course you you banking. You, you know, this is the one one of the, 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 one of the sayings in fantasy I don't like. I get it. But they always say, play your studs. I'm not really a believer in that. I think you need to play the best fit. Some guys are matchup proof. You know, the Mahomes and certain guys, it's like it don't matter who the who the defense is, they're going to do work. But then some guys, especially when it comes to running backs, you need an offensive line. You need someone to really help you. So I think you need to temper expectations. But I'm really sitting the offense of the, uh, the New York Giants, to be honest with you. Now, I'm looking at the last game between the Giants and the Commanders. That was the first game like of the season, it- right? No, actually, no, that was against Tennessee. Oh, they just played um, a couple weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, they yeah. played a couple weeks ago. He put up, in a PPR, he put up 19 points. Mm-hmm. Um, he had 18 rushing attempts, 63 yards, and a touchdown. He was 5 of 5 with 18 yards as far as targets were concerned. So without the touchdown, it would have been you know, a pedestrian game for a great yeah. receiver, for a great running back. I guess mm-hmm. that's how we look at it. And mm-hmm. touchdowns are kind of fluky. You can never really count on them. But that was one of his best games in the last month in Washington versus being at home. And this is supposed to be Chase Young's first game back. So that changes things on mm-hmm. that uh, defensive line as well. So got to look and at also that. also Brian Robinson in that game had 21 carries for 96 yards. I really like him running against that, uh, that New York Giants uh, defense. Last matchup, gentlemen, we have Los Angeles Rams going up against Green Bay. I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> the Packers are in a situation. I, I think if they lose this game, Jordan Love may mess around and start for the rest of the year because they, I think, they kind of mathematically have to win out 
to make the playoffs based on what's going on in the division because they wouldn't make a wild card in Minnesota. I think they already have double digit win. Uh, this is a 39 and a half point over under the Rams are getting seven points. As far as fantasy is concerned, I love green Bay's defense this week. And that's pretty much the only, well, maybe Christian Watson. I'm confident in, but nothing else really. What you got on this one, Joe? Yeah, this matchup, man, is, you know, I want a little bit more out of this matchup, but it just, I don't know, man. I mean, you said, you gotta, you gotta always think about Christian Watson in this matchup. Um, as far as the Rams, it's just, maybe it could be, maybe gonna play decent, but I don't, I don't like nobody on the Rams side. Uh, they say it's Christian Watson, and that I don't know, maybe Aaron Jones. It's like their scheme is so you know anemic. You think he get you know a lot of receptions and things. Uh, just two games ago, he did relatively well in that facet, but then they give Dylan the ball the following game uh, a bunch. So I just I fade this matchup personally. I don't, you know I don't even want to overthink it. Like I said, Christian Watson is somebody good. Lazard is good if healthy, but that's about it. And to wrap it up, I'll give you guys a couple of seconds to kind of go over your thoughts, but I do want to get your general rules of thumb as it pertains to the playoffs. Um, is there anything that you do differently at all um, in comparison to the regular season? Is it, hey, use the same formula to win all year long, no reason to shake it up now? How do you guys feel about the similarities and differences between regular season and playoff fantasy? Don't get cute, but at the same time, don't be afraid. If you're not confident in the matchup, man, don't do it. Like Because you're going to be kicking yourself once it's over. You feel like, man, why didn't I... You know, listen to that. Why didn't I do that? I mean, do what got you here. If you're doing well in your league, keep that same formula. You know what I'm saying? Uh, don't get cute now. You know what I'm saying? Cute thing is for the professionals. The professionals get cute. You know what I mean? But for the, the normal fantasy player, man, just stick with what got you here. I love that message, honestly. And I learned that a lot from you, Vander, and from Zay a lot. Just like you said, don't get cute. Don't overthink it. But also try, try to plan ahead. You know, look at the matchups. And, mm, you know, that's a good one. That, like you said earlier in the show, that that phrase starts your guys kind of go out the window. Don't mm-hmm. try to predict the matchups in the playoffs. Just, you know, kind of go with what, what you know, go with what's been consistent as far as the player, but also to play those injuries really relatively close too. play mm-hmm. around those around you as far as the waiver wire and pickups, because if somebody suffered an injury, that's one player you can get that they can't get that can play in your favor as well too. So, you know, just keep an open eye to every opportunity and play these injuries until lock. Be the one of the people checking in actives every week. If you know that you are underdog in a matchup, keep checking those inactives, see who's coming out who might play and you know find that value in those guys one thing i'll say to add to what you gentlemen have already put out there make sure that you are looking ahead as far as your defenses and kickers things of that nature are concerned normally when you get to the playoffs the talent level is somewhat similar and it's the fringe choices that can be the difference between a you know two three point win whatever the case may be this is the only time of year where you may find that i have two or three defenses just sitting there because one I don't want somebody else to have access to them. And two, looking at who's best for this week may not necessarily be who's best for next week. And unlike in the regular season, I do care enough about that particular happenstance that I'm willing to go week to week with that position. Unlike with your, you know, your quarterback, running back, wide receiver, I'd even throw tight end into the same basket, if you will, 
has the streaming defenses. You kind of want to see, you know, who has what. Um, this week, Dochich is going up against Arizona, who's the worst team in the NFL against tight ends. So maybe last week you would have started someone different, but maybe this week he gets a little bit of a bump based on what you know about matchup. Those are the kind of things that I would be looking at during playoff times. And that pretty much wraps it up for this week. We will be back to you around the same time next week to make sure you get all of your fantasy information for the playoffs. We've put in all the time and work now. Let's make sure that ship comes on back to shore safely. For now, we out.